Welcome to the Wildflower Bee Farm Podcast. I'm Hank Sveck. This podcast is about helping you uh, learn and understand the different trials and tribulations of converting a 50-acre farm back to nature and a honeybee sanctuary, and how we struggle to continue to be servant beekeepers. Here's this week's episode. This is Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm. It's Monday, May 15, 2023, and welcome. I hope you had an amazing Mother's Day or weekend that was just great wherever you are. Um, tons going on in the farm. So today's pretty much a summary and a comment on some of the podcasts and the uh, the videos we posted on Instagram and other places. So let's just start with the farm. So we're up to 40 hives now. Um, we came out of the winter and spring with about 24 five so we lost four um just recently we lost two one uh froze to death near the end of the winter and one uh, had no food and it perished about three weeks ago and i knew that one and that's the hard i've talked about that before that's the hardest thing to do is to not do anything when you know if you do rescue them, you're probably propagating um, some behaviors that shouldn't be propagated. And in this Darwinian black bee box technique, you're not supposed to do that, and it, it sort of defeats the purpose. So I didn't, but it still hurts like a son of a gun. So we did those splits. Uh, also, a couple things. On one of the videos, um, I show how I tried to convert uh, Langstroff um, frames to Warry Hive, and uh, using a swarm that we caught, uh, sorry, a swarm that chose to move in. We didn't catch it. It just went into a hive. So we did that. I'm a little concerned about the vibrations and how that may have impacted the larvae and the eggs and the bees and so on, but we'll have to wait and see how that turns out. Also put on um, mouse guards on a lot of the new ones we're putting out, new front, new hives. And I've watched the bees, and there's been no issues with pollen. Some some science says that, well, if you put put those guards on early, the bees will leave pollen at the door. But my bees have had no problem getting through it. And uh, so I've watched drones come out and so on. So we're going to leave them on for now because we're such a nature sort of based area that the the varmints are, or the pests are everywhere and, and mice and moles and everything you can think of wants to get into those hives. So... Um, Rather than miss a day in October when it gets cool, and it's very difficult to put those on after. So once you have a hive going and then you try to go put one of those on, it can be difficult unless you're going to use the wire. Um, we have some of that as well. I've, I've cleaned out the empty top bars and put wire on it so there'll be no more mice able to get in, and uh, hopefully we'll get some swarms. Um, plan on doing another group of splits in about three more weeks. Uh, on some hives that we have and uh, the 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 hives have really had different I'll call them personalities so they um, they're at different rates so the queens in, in, in the two swarm hives in particular um, that came in from uh, a swarm and chose to stay and, and they're likely swarms from our own bees we just don't know whether they're carnies or saskatraz or who they are but they are really working hard and and the queens are unbelievable and they started it seemed like they were collecting pollen in march in february and so that's in contrast with some of the saskatrass that seemed very slow really slow in getting started 
and some of the carnies as well, except the one carny didn't make it. Now, we talk about them as if they're still carnies or saskatrys, but remember after about six weeks last year when the queens were installed, it could be anything. They could have swarmed, a new queen came in, uh, mated with different drones, with different, I mean, it, you just have no idea. And that's why the, while we collect a lot of data with sensors and observations and videos, the bottom line is who's survived, and you're supposed to split all the hives that survive. And so by doing that, we're probably going to end up with some 50 hives and probably going into the winter, I would assume, with 35 to 40. And then again, next spring, we'll split whatever survives and continue for about five years, as they suggest you do. And then the bees should have some behavioral traits developed to help them survive here in this very microclimate. I think it's a it's a it's extremely a microclimate. So when we opened up the hive the other day, doing the splits, I did pull out a frame that had some nectar and a lot of pollen on it. And what was amazing to look at were the different colors of pollen. So there, every color you can think of was on the frame, and that's I think a testament to the habitat here, where bees have access to all this different pollen and different food sources which maintains the diversity. And we know that diversity, a recent Michigan study that said diversity of food is a key issue when it comes to health, survival, and the ability of bees to fight disease, including varroa mites. Now, speaking of varroa mites, one of the things we've noticed in when I opened up the hives to split, a significant number of the hives had perfect brood with the exception of every once in a while you'd see uh, empty cell. And the bees weren't hatching. There was no indication of any hatching. And it appears this is a common site for bees who do a lot of cleaning and are able to sense and take out brood that may have varroa mite on it. Now, I'm not sure there's tests you can do to see how, you know, how quickly the bees take out. I can tell you I put in some what I would call not-so-clean frames in um, our video cam hive. And they immediately, incredibly started to clean up those frames. Now, all bees will do that, I think, eventually. But these bees, like, within a day, there was a mound of junk outside the entrance. And the hive also had that telltale, when I did a split on it, it also had that telltale occasional empty cell, which suggests to you that they probably take out little ones who are infested with much. Now, we'll see on how they survive and stick around. Uh, the final piece we've talked before about is the um, infrared light, and, and that continues to work on our webcam hive. And the other portable unit, we simply require a larger solar panel to jack up the battery more so it can run more at night. And we hope to have that within the next week or two. So that's pretty exciting news, too, on that front. So a great deal going on, trying to look at different ways to... Um, keep the hives elevated above the grasses and gr ground. So we're working on different concepts for hive stands. We're making out of some two by fours and I'm not very, very handy. So that's gonna, gonna take a while for us to figure that out. But we're having a lot of fun and I hope you are too. Um, bees are working hard. Next is clover. We still have dandelions and all kinds of other wildflowers and uh, honeysuckle is gonna be coming on shortly. So be a lot going on here in the farm. You take care. This is Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm. Have an amazing day. Remember to pick up my latest book, What Grandpa Learned from His Honeybees, the little book to be smart with your money and help the environment on Amazon or Audible. 
pick it up today.